Oh, this is going to be a good one because I've been sick all week, so I'm going to sound great. Ladies and gentlemen, my my guest this week is uh, Matt Lauer, formerly of the. <laughs> formerly of second, the... Let me close. Let me close the door. <laughs> Click. I. Uh... <laughs> I can't help but laugh, and I know it's that that the the issue is is not it's not yeah it's not funny it's not funny. But if you can't laugh at it, I mean, I, I think it's a good thing we're going on. And I think it's so fascinating the way that this can go on for, you know, things that we can agree have not been, if, if you describe these actions, like, for example, inviting a, 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 a man inviting a female colleague into his office where he then pulls his pants down, exposing his penis. Uh <laughs> A, You'd think that would be enough right there. Well, you, like, you, you could think, you, I think we could agree. One instance. I think we could agree that that, that has never been appropriate, right? That no. A hundred years ago, that would be inappropriate, and it would be inappropriate 10 years ago, 20 years ago. It was, it was inappropriate yesterday. I, I think it's so interesting the way that, that it, and it really seems like it was triggered by this Harvey Weinstein uh, uh, outing. In, in the New York Times, where, where you know all these women came out against this guy, who isn't even that well known. You know, he's sort of a. a I mean, yeah. he's well known, but it's sort of like not, an like, inside, Matt, not right. like Matt Lauer or or the or the president of the United States, <laughs> right? Uh, right. I mean, Matt Lauer literally is is one of the most. You know, it's the nature of being a, a mega TV star that you're one of. You know his job title or his job effectively was being one of the most famous people in the country. I mean, that's really literally what he was. Um, but that it, 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 all of a sudden this behavior that everybody in a group can agree is, is uh, unacceptable. Uh, uh, but was, you know, uh, kept under wraps for so long that all of it once, like the dam just breaks and it all just comes out at once. It's just fascinating to me the way that, that this mm-hmm. is un- unfolding. Yeah, it's it's uh, well, it's, I mean, it's snowballed. I mean, it's it's for I mean, it's not really the right metaphor, but um, the the floodgates have opened and yeah, like all it about. takes <laughs> it, is like one. You know, it really is like uh, you know, it, it, it the the analogy to a dam breaking, I guess, is exactly right. Like once a yeah. a little fissure happens, the whole thing just collapses. Right. It's very bizarre. I do feel, and I, I'll I'll say this, uh, you know, uh, for me personally, uh, it's I just stand back and watch. I mean, I've linked to some of it. I don't even know how much of it to to publicize myself, but I, I, I there is a certain uh, to me a deep satisfaction in watching these people who've done these ter- these men. Let's just face it; it's all men who've done these terrible yeah. things. Uh, yeah. be humiliated in public. It is, you know, and get yeah. theirs, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. uh, but some, some of it, lose their, lose their livelihoods, really. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you're a guy like, like Kevin Spacey, I mean, I was thinking about this today. Like, what does he do after this? I mean, he's pretty much, you know, he's been booted from everything that he was involved in currently. And it seems like, I mean, maybe he just he just appears in Woody Allen movies after this. I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, it's it it is interesting. I mean, what yeah? What does Matt Lauer they, do? They, they all go and join. They all go and join their own like club and. 
Right. I don't know. Like a, like a start. Like I mean, a, he's you know he's got he's got plenty of money, so he could probably just not work, and still live comfortably. I would imagine. I don't know. I mean, maybe unless he's pissed it all away already. But um, you'd think. I mean, all these guys who who have been accused of this stuff are are independently wealthy any, anyway. So I'm not I'm not shedding any, any tears from them. I just wonder what <laughs> what happens like in this instance. I don't know. Uh, it, you know, and and again, you know, the money isn't hopefully is you would think isn't an issue. Like Matt Lauer by what I read was making $25 million a year as the host of the today show. So I don't think that right. It, presumably he wasn't, he wasn't spending it all as he went. Um, right. But That'd be pretty hard, but I don't feel, you know, like if money was all that mattered, he would have quit, you know, he would have already quit. You know what I mean? Like doing the show was, and, mm-hmm. and being mm-hmm. that Lauer was, was the, you know, and you could see it with Bill O'Reilly from Fox that he's, angling in certain ways you know seemingly to try to get back on tv somehow yeah you know what i mean i mean and, that, I, and that's happened that kind of thing has happened in the past i mean some of these guys they they do get back you know and i don't know it's so much about the sexual harassment but i know you know people who have certainly people who have said made racist remarks in the right. past have um gotten released and then you know they lay low for a few years and then they come back and yeah, but then there's some who never for... come back. Like, remember Jimmy the Greek? Yeah. <laughs> Where's Jimmy now? Jimmy's got to be dead, right? I, I do believe Jimmy the Greek is dead. For those who don't know, when I when we were kids, CBS, uh, the National Football League, um, NFC rights were on CBS in the late 70s and the early 80s. And they had a, before the game started, they'd have a pregame show uh, hosted by Brent Musburger forget who else was on irv cross irv cross was was uh was there and and one of the other people at their round table was <laughs> jimmy the greek i mean i can i'll put a link in the show notes to his wikipedia but he was literally a, a, a like a professional gambler from las vegas yeah right right i mean it's that's that was his claim to fame and that was literally like the name like when they'd put him on screen it would just say jimmy the greek <laughs> <laughs> and he would he would give you like gambling tips for the week's NFL games right there. Yeah, on TV. right. It was he was talking odds and and stuff basically, right? I mean, right. Uh, I mean, he was, I mean, there he was to, recommending wagers. For, yeah, but he <laughs> was effect, but, he was effectively there for people who were waiting to put in their their bets for the games right at the last minute. You know, what does the Greek say? And then anyway, he blew it by by making some racist, really terribly racist comments. Uh, about uh, black athletes, and then they had to fire him, and then you know never came back. Yeah, yeah. I, it does raise a question. So <laughs> I'm reading. I'm reading his comment right now. What did he say? Just, <laughs> well, do you want me to read it? I mean, is it bad? Is it that bad? <laughs> it's it's just about like blacks being bred better to be um, athletes. Um, yeah, that's how I recall it. And it's very it's very loaded. <laughs> It's a lot of talk about the Civil War and yeah, uh, that's how <laughs> slave I trade, it. right? But yeah. it was, and, and and the defense was something to the effect of it wasn't racist because I'm t- explaining why blacks are superior athletes, and it's like, dude, <laughs> just stop, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like you're, you're <laughs> just stop. His last yeah. name was Schneider. Yeah, Snyder. Did not. I don't think I ever even knew that. 
I don't think so either. Maybe, I guess I did, I but I, I never, know. never, never went into long term memory. He was just Jimmy the. He had, a, he had a cameo in Cannonball Run. <laughs> I remember that. I do remember that. I haven't I seen Cannonball Run in a long that. time. <laughs> oh, right, here's a serious question on this front, though. With these, uh, so like with Matt Lauer, like the news guys, it's sort of like they're just done because it's like nobody goes back and like watches old episodes of the Today Show, right? But <laughs> right, right. But with like, like a Kevin Spacey, or um, a, a Louis C.K., um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the st- something like that make you less likely to to watch a, a Kevin Spacey movie or to watch a Louis C.K. stand-up special from years ago. Yeah. It does me, anyway. Um, and I'm not sure if I have, a, like, a, I'm not, I mean, maybe I should have a hard and fast rule about it, but I don't think that I do. Uh, I, I have a much... And, and maybe maybe it will will come around to that because I know that I've I've not I mean I won't go I certainly wouldn't go to a Woody Allen movie anymore I mean the guy's still making movies somehow um, despite all the things that he's been accused of and and I don't even I can't even I find it hard to enjoy the movies of his that I've loved in the past hmm. um, see which I, is my sad problem, yeah I, I'm I'm afraid I'm a. I, I, I'm on the other side here. I, I like yeah, I, I okay. completely well. disassociate the work from the artist, and so the re- I actually haven't watched a Woody Allen, a recent you know a new Woody Allen movie in a couple of years. But that's mainly because I sort of have I I, I don't know. I think he's sort of lost it. Uh, you know, like I haven't enjoyed a I haven't in, really enjoyed a new Woody Allen movie since the one with uh, Jude Law a couple years ago. It was like a nice murder mystery, a tennis caper. Uh, oh yeah, I don't. I didn't see that one. Um, by then, I was already. I checked out. So my okay. Let me cl- let me clarify my thing because now I'm thinking about it. I'm reminded of what my my actual philosophy is, <laughs> and that is that I don't want them to get any money. Um, that's mm. the baseline. I so hear I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go to the movies to see it. And I, you know, don't want to. You know, I'm not going to buy it on iTunes or anything like that. Um, if I happen to have it lying around that I've already purchased from years ago, I might still watch it. Hmm. I, um, I, I understand the principle, but it does. There. It still it still taints my view, my enjoyment. Just like hmm. you know, seeing Woody Allen on the screen is is kind of gross now. Um. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, and so for example, like, have you? Do you watch? Would you not watch Roman Polanski movies? I, Roman Polanski, for I, those of you who don't yeah, know, no, I mean, I, right? Uh, director of Chinatown and a whole bunch of you know, Chinatown's his masterpiece. Uh, but at some point in the seventies, uh, uh, was accused, and by all appearances, uh, certainly his behavior since uh, did uh, like drug and rape. Uh, what thirteen or fourteen year old girl? I think she was thirteen. I think she uh, was thirteen. Yeah. Well, let's let's just say thirteen because let's uh, you know it, it doesn't yeah yeah right uh, and you know went on the lamb and has you know stayed outside the United States since uh, you know lived living in France where they couldn't extradite him for years and continue but continued to make movies um, like I I. I I don't know. I feel guilty saying it, but I've never had a problem watching his movies, even though I think that what he did was a terrible crime. 
But, you know, the movie's there. Why not watch it? But I, I, I totally get your point about, well, it, me going to buy tickets just, to, yeah. see, to see his movies mm-hmm. puts money in his pocket. You know, I, I right. get it. I, I actually feel guilty admitting it, but I don't have any problem with it. So like with Louis C.K., Louis C.K. had a new movie set to come out. It was like, it's like done. <laughs> it's in the can. It was like he was like two days before his scandal broke. He was already booked on the Colbert show to promote his new right. movie. And right. this... It, thing came out that he had this habit of you know his mo was he didn't touch women he would you know ask them if he could <laughs> masturbate in front of them and uh and then would just for the most well yeah go he was ahead also like he was it. also apparently doing it on phone calls um, yeah yeah i mean a lot without, of, so, without asking yeah a lot of really uh, yeah. just weird stuff that i didn't realize was even like a thing uh, and, and they, <laughs> but they literally like people but do like this. The, no, but like the Who company, this? but like the company produce. I don't know, you know, the studio, whatever you want to call it, you know, in charge of his movie, literally just yanked the movie. You know, like a movie that they had yeah. paid for yeah. was <laughs> was literally like days away from world premiere, just sitting there ready to go. So somewhere, you know, there's a, a, sh- a shelf full of prints of. Or maybe if it's digital, you know, maybe it's just on a hard drive. But anyway, there's a a, a Louis C.K. Right. written and directed movie, um, ready to go that is not going to be released, or I guess maybe that won't be released until the heat cools off on Louis C.K. But I I I hate to admit it. And the weird thing about this movie is that the written and directed by him, the movie is about like a guy with yeah, it's, <laughs> some. It's very weird. Yeah, it's about a Woody Allen like character played by John Malkovich who has a thing for young girls and develops a thing for Louis CK's teenage daughter. Uh, right. Or I, I don't know if she's teenage, maybe she's, you know, 20 or something. I'm very, I think she certainly looks like she's teenaged, but from the, I, I would the trailer, say like but... college aged. Let's describe her as college aged. Um, yeah, perhaps. Uh, which is, a. a, a you almost can't make it up. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like you want to go to the next, you almost want to go to the next level and have somebody write a movie about a guy, a guy like Louis CK who made a movie about a guy like Woody (laughs) Allen, who on the cusp of releasing his movie had his own weird, uh, inappropriate sexual harassment behavior exposed and couldn't release the movie. Right. You almost want to make a movie about disgusting inception, right? Disgusting inception. (laughs) Disgusting inception. (laughs) That could be the name of the movie. (laughs) Well, it certainly should be the name of this episode of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I mean, you know, if it it had been something more benign, just like a, like a buddy movie or something like that. um, I, I wonder if they probably would have still released it. Um, And it's just the the combination of uh, the accusations against him and the subject matter of the movie. Somebody probably said, this is not a good idea. Uh, It's just bizarre. And it makes me wonder. Although I I guess like having him, having him go on tour too, though. I mean, having him like appear uh, um, on talk shows and things like that, that I, they, I think they still would have stopped that. I, I don't know. I, I do wonder if the movie had an entirely, you know, like you said, if it was just a buddy movie, would the would they have pulled it? Is it the, how much of the fact that the the nature of the movie itself played directly into this whole? Yeah, uh, and I don't net- know. Like, if if he's not going to tour and people aren't going to like go around, you know, they're not going to do the talk show circuit and stuff like that. Or is it worth it to release the movie at all? Right, and I, maybe I, if they. they 
and if you're going to take a bath on it either way, might as well look right. better. Right, because like if you want to release the movie, it, it's it you need to do that promotion and go on the talk shows, etc., mm-hmm. to to drum up interest in the movie. Otherwise, you're doing a disservice to the movie and to the investors behind the movie. But on the other hand, you there's not a single credible show that you could go on where they're going to want to talk about the movie, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, right. <laughs> <laughs> And just the movie. Right. Like, you're not going to show up on Stephen Colbert, and Colbert is just going to be like, you know, yeah, let's just forget that thing. No, let's talk about this great movie. Uh, that isn't going to happen. It's so bizarre. Uh, anyway, the one thing I, I have learned, and I'm among other things, like, and I'm following this, and I am listening to uh, women talk about it, and I, I am learning, uh, you know... Um, I feel like I'm on the good side of this because I, there's, I I don't do stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm, I, for lack of a better term, one of the good ones. Um, and I'm doing as much listening as opposed to talking as I can about it. But the one thing, yeah. one of the things I've definitely learned is... Like except with, here we are two white men who are talking about it, but still, <laughs> this <laughs> just, is very true. Just, I, want, I want to note that <laughs> because yeah, very true, it's the elephant uh, in the room. But but like the, the Harvey Weinstein ad, uh, thing was had a similar thing where where one of the women was confronted by him back. I was going to say backstage, but whatever you call it, behind the kitchen of a restaurant that Weinstein was an investor in. Uh, just the two of them alone in a hallway and he was physically blocking her from getting past him to get out and you know just horrible horrible you know uh, terrifying really uh description and that when she rebuffed him he eventually gave up but his way of you know rather than like physically accosting her or raping her um he just turned and in front of her masturbated into a plant uh, <laughs> And, and like a like a potted plant in the hallway and it, it, you know and then there's the louis ck stuff and this thing with matt lauer it literally like apparently like in the middle of the day like in his office at nbc just pulling his pants down in front of a colleague who he wanted to uh, you know have a thing with and and all of these things and i, I i'm just th- i read these things and i think I cannot believe that this is a thing. I didn't know this is a thing. And if you listen to women, it's like, uh, yeah, this has been a thing forever. Like men doing really, really anything you can imagine with their penises in front of women. That's the thing. There's the the whole dick pic thing. I mean, just sending, taking a, I mean, I can't, (laughs) I don't think there's anything wrong with mine, but I'm not like showing it to anybody. Like I'm not, Nope. emailing it to anybody or DMing it to anybody what? has has Nobody never wants act- to see that has never occurred to me <laughs> genitals are gross <laughs> Absolutely. I, I I just didn't know and you know it, it turns out and you know this is one of, you know I, and I mean it I I don't crusade about this stuff um, but but and I know that some people object to the it, or not object to, but they just they they start rolling their eyes at the terms like male privilege and stuff like that. But it absolutely exists, and and I I would define like and and this is for me learning. Like here is a perfect example of 
the male privilege that I've had for 44 years and counting is that mm -hmm. I was completely unaware that it was it's completely common and every woman almost every woman has stories to tell along these lines of men doing weird things with their dicks in front of them. <laughs> uh, the fact that I didn't know that that was like, oh yeah, that's happened to everybody common. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I did not know uh, and feel like a fool. I, I actually feel like a fool for not. Yeah. I was like, I, that thing with the button, it closes door. Remember, like the, the for the few years that I had an office with a door in it in a corporate environment, it was like I I always used to just to keep people out, like everybody. <laughs> I wasn't keeping anybody in. I closed the door because I didn't want anybody to bother me. Uh, and that's the Matt Lauer. So the story, one of the things with the yeah. Matt Lauer story was that he had a button installed underneath his desk, like a like a James Bond yeah. villain, where he could tap this <laughs> right, button right, right. and it would lock his door remotely. Close and lock his door. So I I um, heard from somebody yeah. yesterday after I linked to that and just was like, you know, he had to install that and get permission. I actually heard from somebody, a, a daring fireball reader who works in some kind of corporate environment, who said that that's actually not that uncommon a request that uh, like executives, who, people who have their executives who have their own office and typically leave their door open so that colleagues or whoever can can stroll in or you know pop their head in the door that when they mm -hmm. get like an, an important confidential phone call that they can immediately close the door without having to tell the person on the phone right. hey hold on one second I while they go, go and close the door yeah. um it's an executive I, perks the sort of thing you know it's I, like my office is so nice the door closes and locks well automatically. well i so i here's the thing about that though the thing that i get is i get the close the door button I don't get the lock the door button. You know what I mean? Like, let's say I, I work for you uh, and I know that your office door is often open, meaning uh, like, you know, I, not, not unlocked, but open. And I come by and yeah. I see that your door is closed. Now, if you certainly if you have like a glass wall and I can see that you're on the phone, there's no way I'm, I'm not even going to knock. But even if you don't have glass and I can't see, the most I'm going to do is knock. And if I don't hear anything then I'm, you know, I'm not going to open it. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I don't see the need the, for the well, button. The thing, I think the thing, the one thing you're not considering is assistance. Um, and in the, I've never had one, but in viewing people who had assistance, the assistant often feels like even if the person's on the phone, I can walk in and like deliver them papers or stuff like that because often yeah. they have to do I that. I hear that. I got They you. need something while right. they're on the phone. Right. So I think there's a there are different circumstances right. where maybe right. that comes into play. But right. So anyway, bottom line, maybe it's not that weird that he had a button that locks the door. But it's it certainly weird really the way weird. he chose to use it. <laughs> yes, and that's completely wrong. I have some terrible news to report. I just uh, I brought with me a bottle of my my home home fizzy soda stream water mm -hmm. to wet my whistle during the show, you know, because I've especially necessary because I've been under the weather. Yeah. Well, it turns out I never carbonated it. It's flat. That's I'm, a, I'm drinking flat water, John, <laughs> and I'm not going to interrupt the show to go get a bottle of fizzy water because that's how See, this dedicated. is where your assistant, your assistant would come in and <laughs> where's Joe, where's Jonas? Yeah. <laughs> go, go, uh, go carbonate my water. Yeah. Oh, all right. We got to uh, get a new soda stream. Ours, ours broke. Oh, that's a bad one. Yeah. That so happened I to think, me. Uh, 
Christmas present. Ooh, that's a good one. I don't know if they have new technology. I don't know if they have a new model yet or what. The thing that I want to do is get the get the CO two pumped into the house because <laughs> I hate dealing with the canisters. Yeah, I do too. I thought I was pretty Even smart. Even though it's not, it's not that. I mean, like you go to the grocery store and they swap them out. It's not really yeah. not that hard. But I but I always like like I, I get to the grocery store and I realize I left it in the car and just you know. I, I do it's it, a huge problem. I, I don't have to drive to do it. I can walk here in the city, but it's like ha- taking a bag with these three big clanking canisters. <laughs> it's like you know, you, I don't know. It's, I feel very conspicuous yeah. walking down the city with these with these very loud clanking metal cylinders, and it's it's not. You that need convenient. like a backpack, like a like a thing that looks like a like a jet pack. Yeah, just fit them right in there and go. Uh, you know what? This is probably this. You know what? Amazon. I don't know how you send them back. Like the key with these canisters. For those of you who don't know, the SodaStream is is a product, uh, a wonderful, wonderful product where you can turn your own tap water into uh, carbonated water, and it gives you control over how much carbonation to put in. So I uh, I carbonate the hell out of mine. Like so, <laughs> like you know, like commercial, you know, like <laughs> San Pellegrino or whatever. It's it's barely bubbly to me anymore. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, ha- yeah, and and it's good because you don't throw the canisters away. You you take them back to the store, and they take the yeah. empty ones, and then they sell you. It's new not like full it's not ones. like Keurig, right? Right. It's, it's those coffee know, things. Yeah. Right. Only thing that you're actually uh, exchanging is empty air for uh, carbon dioxide. Right. Uh, canisters full right. of carbon dioxide. Um. So that you know, I feel very, uh, you know. I feel very good about that. I feel like, you know, there's no guilt involved. Um, but it is a pain in the butt. I thought I'd be smart. I used to have three. And then when they were empty, I would go. Um, and then one time I, I just bought two more. So I'd have five. And I somehow thought that then when I'd have three empties, then I would take them. But I'd still have two that are full so that I wouldn't have to go the same day. Mm-hmm. I could do it at my mm-hmm. leave. You know, guess what? <laughs> I go I, I go <laughs> right. all five yeah, are yeah, empty. Yeah. Because you know that's the problem. You know, <laughs> and there's also a very sad thing as you're pumping the carbonation. Like it, it, it doesn't just like run out. It sort of tapers off, and so like mm-hmm. instead right. of like you're struggling you know, to try and get that last little bit out, <laughs> right? Like maybe like when a canister's full, it takes like I don't know ten ten pumps of the thing. You know, pump 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 ten times, and then you got like a nicely carbonated uh, thing. Uh, it squeaks. Mine, the penguin model I have squeaks when it's when it's ready, and they tell you like you know one is good, two two or three squeaks is very strongly carbonated. I go six or seven squeaks. Uh, <laughs> but but <laughs> what happens when we've, it gets? We've, I think we've had this conversation before, but like I'm surprised that you're that the thing hasn't shot off the. <laughs> I am too. I've, I've, I saw a thing one time, a reader, did, did we talk about this? Did somebody sent me a thing one time, because uh, they, they know that I have one of these things, and they know I like to over-carbonate it, where some guy opened up his, <laughs> he opened it up, and some piece of it shot up and hit him in the eye, and he, he really, yeah. looked, he was all right, like it wasn't, I don't think he like lost his vision or anything, but he really looked like he'd been beaten up, I mean, I mean, it was like a real shiner, you gotta be careful, you gotta like turn your head away from it. <laughs> well, you need a you need a helmet. Yeah, but when it when it runs low, it, it takes you know instead of like ten ten pumps to get to the point where it squeaks, it, it might take like fifteen or sixteen, and you and and you can feel there's less resistance. Uh, 
And when it's your last canister in the house, that's just like the worst feeling. Oh, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. terrible. <laughs> Good show for so far. <laughs> <laughs> not a sponsor read. Not a sponsor. <laughs> well, we could fix it. Sounds that, like right? it might be, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. They should, they should be advertising. Yeah. Um, Uh, we could take a break. I should take a break right here and thank our good friends at Squarespace. Okay. Um, look, if you need to make a website, Squarespace is where you should start. Squarespace does everything. You can register your domain name. Uh, they do the hosting for you. So you don't have to like, you're not configuring a Linux server. You're not uh, installing a blogging system or installing anything. It's all there through the Squarespace interface. If your website has any sort of commerce, you're selling products, you're selling your own stuff, you're selling services, whatever it is that you might want to do, they handle all of that. You don't have to set up uh, any kind of account. You don't have to manage anything with credit cards or any of that nonsense. Squarespace handles it all. You're not a designer. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. But if you're not, you don't have to worry about it. You get so many beautiful templates to choose from such a wide variety of them, but they're all customizable and you do it right within Squarespace itself. It's all visual. You just go on, they show you the template. It's there in your browser when you're logged in. And if you want to drag pieces around to rearrange it or drag something to take it off so that, you know, maybe there's like a thing in the sidebar that has your Twitter feed or, or your last few tweets or something, you want to get rid of it. You just get rid of it right there in the thing you're looking at. Uh, really, it's a WYSIWYG way of making websites where you're doing it you're modifying the website in the web browser as you look at it because you're logged in to your Squarespace account. It's it's super, super easy. Um, if you are a designer, you can put your own stuff in there. Uh, if you are a developer, you can get in there and you can you know put your own JavaScript includes or, or modify the CSS or whatever you want to do like that. Um, anything you want to do. You get, a, you, you get your own domain, your own template, your own design, your own features, whatever you need, anything from like hosting a podcast to hosting a blog to hosting your portfolio. If you're a freelance artist or something like that, all of that you can do at Squarespace. So next time you need to start a website, go there, go to squarespace.com and remember this code talk show at checkout and you will get 10% off your first purchase. My thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of the talk show. Uh how about this uh, uh, root login bug this week? Yeah. How about that? I, I, uh, I don't a, know how that happens. What a bizarre story. Uh, uh, it's just, yeah. it, it, it really, when I first saw it, I was like, well, that, that can't be. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. And, and people, and it, I, when, it, I, when it first broke, people were confused because they were like, you may need to hit the button a few times. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Why mm -hmm. would you have to? Why would it work if you hit the button a few times? And then the more we learn about it, it, it makes sense. I mean, it, it still seems crazy, but the reason you had to, it wasn't a few times, it was two. The basic gist of the bug was. So it was, not, it was categorically two? Yeah, because it was. Okay. The basic gist of the bug wasn't that you could log in as root with an empty password. The gist was that if you tried to log in as root with an empty password, it would create. Or, or enable the root account on the first attempt because the way that it it, it checks it, it was like the logic. The, it, this is my I, the, the register had a good story about 
about this somebody tracking the pseudo like somebody who went into the debugger and, yeah, and sort of did I it. I tried to read that and I couldn't quite understand it. <laughs> the gist of it is that when you tried to log in, it checks something system like you say if your name is Moltz and the password, it'll say, "Okay, is there a username Moltz? Here's the password they just typed in. Let's salt it." you know, meaning turn it into an obfuscated version of it and compare it to the salted version of the password that's stored on disk. Do they match? Okay, log them in. And I, I, the part of the gist of it is that you couldn't just create any new account. It's specific to root, which is this magic con. The root user is a magic concept in Unix. And it's so dangerous mm -hmm. and so unnecessary for a consumer to know anything about that. I, I think for as long as I can remember on Mac OS X, by default, the root user is not even enabled, but there it's, it's there though. It's not exactly, it's right. not the same thing as not existing. It's that the root user isn't enabled. And the bug was if you tried logging in as root, it would enable the account to check the password and it wouldn't that it wouldn't get you in because it wasn't enabled previously. But then the second time you tried, like immediately afterwards, it would let you in because the root user had been enabled by the first attempt to to do it. And when it was enabled, it was enabled with the empty string password. Empty string password, which is yeah. nuts. Absolutely, positively nuts. Now the good news is it. Uh, effectively for for most users required physical access to the machine to take advantage of because uh, every the ways that you could do use it remotely like through remote login and uh, I forget what other things you could turn on but if you have it like t the feature turned on where you can SSH into your Mac uh, you know you could be vulnerable to it by anybody who, who tried it over the network um, right but those things aren't on by default. So that's the good news. Yeah. Uh, Screen sharing is not on by default, right? No, none of that's on by default. Yeah. Yeah. Um, VNC, I know that over VNC, you could, uh, that's the, what's that, virtual network computing. But any VNC is, the, right. is right. screen sharing. I think that's, I, I think that's the same thing. I think when you turn on I think screen it's sharing, the same thing too. Yeah. it's actually on, right. behind the scenes, it's the VNC protocol. So mm -hmm. if you have that turned on, you you were vulnerable to it by somebody who could reach your machine over the network by VNC. So I'm not trying to downplay it. I mean, you and it, it's an officially supported feature of Mac OS X that you're allowed to turn on. So it's not like your fault if you're using it. I'm just saying, in terms of how c catastrophically bad this could have been, it wasn't something that most people had on by default. Um, uh, but still, that's it's. it's <laughs> yeah. And it's a bigger, it's a bigger, even though, you know, you have to have physical access, physical access is a lot easier in certain environments. Like for you and me, it's not that big a deal because the only people who have physical access to our machines are people in our family. Right. But if you work at a, you know, school or a company where the machines are just sitting there on desks. Right. Yeah, particularly a school. I would think kids of kids like I, I know that if Hank had learned of this thing yep. and he was in a school that had that had Max, he would have been all over them. I would, and when I was in school, I would have, I absolutely would have. I, I mean, I, well, here's and I got an interesting email last night from a reader, and and it's a definite blind spot for me because. Um, I don't work. I, I, in fact, have never worked at an environment where my work machine was locked down. Actually, I did. I had like a consulting, a few consulting jobs, like temporary ones that lasted weeks when I used to do stuff like that. 
Um, but any job that I've had for a significant amount of time, I've just had like a regular Mac that isn't under any kind of IT control or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I certainly don't at <laughs> the Daring Fireball Company. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I got an email from a, a DF reader, you know, who I was, I was like, but, you know, it seems as though nobody, you know, it, 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 as far as we could tell, it just hasn't really been widely exploded, exploited. And he said he works in IT at a large company, mostly Windows, but they have a fair number of Macs. And that this is, you know, terrifying because, and, and I really, this, this, this is just a blind spot for me. It's not that they were worried about like attackers attacking their computer. It's, it's what about the employees who aren't supposed to have administrator access on their Macs who right. found out about this bug and took control of it and gave themselves admin access? Like you could use this yeah. bug to create the root user, log in as root, turn your user account into an admin account. Um, and then even when the bug fix came out, your your account is still You're an still admin, admin. Account, right? Right. It's, it's not really an attacker taking advantage of it. It's like the user themselves taking advantage of it to circumvent, you know, the IT department's rules. Yeah. Uh, same right. thing in a school, right? I mean, it's the exact same thing you can yeah. imagine happening in a school as in a workplace. And that just hadn't occurred to me. It's just a total blind spot for me. And I can totally see how that's sort of a, I wouldn't say nightmare scenario, but it's it's a huge problem. Because I, I don't even know, uh, I, I like, do the tools that I, IT sysadmins have I, I just don't even imagine that they have a, like a tool to check hey this it's check all thousand mac users in our company make sure nobody accidentally became an admin <laughs> uh, maybe yeah i don't i never used i've never used those but i wouldn't be surprised if they are able to change to change that though yeah they might but I, I i i guess yeah. but i don't know if they could do it in an automated fashion like you have to go through you know a, a machine by yeah, machine that, well yeah i don't know i mean because it just seems like there's just, probably there is probably a window. I mean, there's probably a window that lists like users across machines. I would right. I would imagine they can probably they, there's got to be an audit. There's because they probably need to audit that right for like Sarbanes Oxley and stuff like that. So there must be. I've just I, never used those tools on. I guess, but it's just on a uh, Mac. Uh, I you know, I guess it's yeah, just... but it's a pain in the ass. And I mean, and the thing in the meantime, before I mean, Apple was you know once it was. Well, at least once we all knew about it, they were pretty quick in fixing it. Right. Um, but I think in the even that interim, like 24 hours, if you were a sysadmin someplace and had a whole bunch of Macs that you were in charge of, you probably wanted to try and go around and set that password. And you had to do it on every machine. Yeah. Yeah, the temporary worker. I'm not sure if you could do. I mean, you might be able to. Eh, I mean, you could. Yeah, I mean, you. Could, well, I guess you could VNC and do it. <laughs> uh, but I still, guess. you'd have to do every machine individually. You right. couldn't. You, there was nothing you could push out. Um, yeah. To every device automatically. Right. The workaround in between when it became publicized and when Apple issued the the fix at 8 a.m. Pacific the next day, which truly is, is a remarkable turnaround time. I saw people on Twitter. I, I I mean, you'll see people complaining about anything. I mean, there's nothing that, that people won't throw a fit about. But I mean, I literally saw people who, who thought that it was shameful. Like, I, I swear to God, somebody asking, you know, saying, why aren't, why is, why isn't Craig Federighi issuing a letter of apology? Why hasn't he resigned or been fired? Because it took 20 <laughs> hours to fix. You know, like, <laughs> I, 
I honestly, really, I mean, the only thing, the only thing that I mean, you noticed this as well. I saw, um, but like that, this had come up on a on the Apple's forums like weeks ago, right? Um, and I don't know. I mean, you know, it's easy for stuff to get posted in the forums and Apple not actually see it, or at least somebody, you know, high and up, high up enough to know that it something needs to be done about it. Um, you know, recognize the bug and diagnose it and say, oh my God, that's really bad. And we need to do something about it immediately. Um, so it might not have gotten, no- it, it's understandable that it might not have gotten noticed that way. Um, but it's un- also unclear as to whether or not anybody who was in that thread um, filed a bug report. I don't think they did. It just seemed it, it, that whole, I linked to that thread yesterday because it was so bizarre that because the, 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 the person who, reported it two weeks ago um here i've got it here it, it was you know and again i you know it, the apple forums everybody has like a, a nickname instead of a real name so his name was chethan 177 i can't, I can't can you believe i chethan 176 was taken <laughs> um but he he's i i guess it's a he i'm assuming it's a he um I'll just say they, but they, uh, they do not seem like an advanced user and it does not, they don't seem like mm-hmm. they're being caught. It, it really doesn't seem, if you read the, the reports, it, it doesn't seem like they're being coy about it at all. Like trying to, you know, play coy and, and put this, you know, release this truly significant exploit into the wild. They were just genuinely trying to help somebody who had the problem where when they upgraded the high Sierra, they're, admin account had been turned into they got a locked non, out of it or something yeah they right? got no they got turned into a non-admin account oh right. okay leaving their machine with no admin account no and, admin and so anything you'd need to do on the system where it asks for admin authentication they couldn't do there is a way to fix it it's in the thread and it was issued months ago where you log in in the single user mode when you hold command s as the mac starts up and there's some you know, you know, command line incarnation you can do to to create an admin account or or bless an account as an admin account from there, and then restart and it fixes it. But uh, this guy posted, well, you could just use this root empty password trick, and then go. You know, once you're logged in as root, turn the guy into turn an account into an admin account or create a new admin account, restart, log into that new admin account, use that admin account to turn your old account back into an admin account and then delete the admin account you temporarily created, blah, blah, blah. But how, Mm -hmm. and then his explanation, and then, you know, this was there for two weeks. And then all of a sudden, uh, uh, after this came out on Twitter, it, it, it became publicized again, this two week old version, because the, the guy who reported, you know, who, who, made this explosive post on Twitter that brought this to light said that, you know, they, you know, he and his colleagues had found this a few, this hole a few days ago. And even they, when they Googled around, found this two week old Apple support thing. Uh, So people chimed back in and they're like, Hey dude, you have to tell us, how'd you find out about this? And he, it, it really does seem genuine. His answer was, yeah, I don't know. I was, you know, Googling around and I found, I found it on a forum. I found it someplace. Yeah. You yeah. can't remember where. But he can't remember where. And I, of course, tried searching too. But everything you tried searching for yesterday was all, you know, hours old stuff. There's, right. There's absolutely, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, no way to find it. You anything. can't get past it. Yeah. Right. Right. 
which is a problem with the but right but it really does make you wonder you know uh, what that forum was and whether it was you know uh as harmless as this guy's intentions were or whether it was you know something where it was being kept you know trying to be kept under wraps to be used uh maliciously and so i after ch- so um i changed the password um, when i found out about it as soon as, as soon as i could and then now we have the patch um which i updated manually but now has been pushed out automatically and so that's another thing that caused some confusion too right because i I got it twice um, right yeah people got it twice but also i think a lot of people were um uh seemingly surprised that they could do that that they could Uh, push it out automatically right um even though it's not new right which I didn't really, I didn't really know that it wasn't. I couldn't remember. I mean, I think I learned about this previously, but I think it's something that goes back to like 2014 or something. Yeah, well, that was the last time, or the only other time it was used. I, I, yeah, I when I wrote about the fix being out, um, I said, what did I say here? I'm on daring fireball. To my memory, this is only the second time Apple has used Mac OS's automatic, that is to say, non-optional update mechanism. The other was the NTP security update in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I, uh, after writing that got confirmation from somebody at Apple who said, yeah, that's, this is only the second time we've used this. Um, and it's weird cause it gave, you know, like you said, it gave some people the heebie jeebies that Apple even has that right. ability. Right. Um, and I get it. I get why you might, you know, you might have the heebie jeebies over it, but, um, uh, I would think that in this instance, it's, <laughs> It's definitely warranted. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's there's a certain point where you really do have to... It's the nature of the... The nature of being in the Apple ecosystem is at a certain level, you have to trust Apple, right? This is not an open source operating system, you know, that... Yeah. uh, That you could, you know, assume, you know, that that you cede all control from from Apple over. I get it. Yeah. And I get that in the old days, you know, that it, it was, it, it's sort of a, uh, it wasn't like a black and white switch. It's like, it went from, uh, you know, in 1984 when you bought a Mac, you know what I mean? It never had contact from Apple again. Like the only way you'd get any kind of update if you, is if you chose to put a new floppy disk into the go machine. Buy, yeah. Right. Go buy new floppy disks. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that to, or today and yesterday, but, um, I've got this. So I, you know, I have a collection of older Macs and, um, I have this Performa 6400 and a few years ago, uh, I was playing around with it with Hank and like setting him up to play some old games and stuff like that. And he, and then there was only one user, um, and he changed the password while he was playing, he was playing with it for like a couple hours or something. He changed the password while I was there. And then, and then we walked away from it and didn't think about it. And then a few days later, he wanted to play with it again. He had forgotten the password, of course. <laughs> and so, um, and I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do here. And, and because there was only that one user account and I didn't want to lose everything that I had on there. I mean, I could have reinstalled everything, but I just didn't, didn't really want to do that. And, um, and apparently the trick was I actually, I took, 
if you take the hard drive and or you can, or you can access it from another Mac somehow, I ended up actually just taking the hard drive out and putting it in an enclosure and booting it up on you know, accessing it, connecting it to another Mac and, and going in. But there's there's there was a there was a system extension and if you just drag the system extension out, it just restarts in, in like in open mode. <laughs> Wait, like, what? What version of the system was it? There right? was like, the, like the because like it was system. I think it was nine. I don't. I think even, it was nine one. I don't even remember having a login for system nine. I just yeah thought I'd, yeah it came in like eight or something like that. Yeah. I want to say, but I don't think. Yeah, I regardless, ever. it was it was the funny thing was just like it's it was just a it was just a system extension. And you couldn't even, on. <laughs> you couldn't just restart with the shift key down to get around it. No, that didn't work for some reason. I'm not huh. sure why. Um, you had to drag, you had to actually drag the thing out of the, huh? Like maybe, maybe it, was, it was, no, maybe it was deleting or maybe it was deleting a preference file. I can't remember. Now I can't uh, remember. Um, uh, but it was, but I remember that it was, you know, all I had to do was take the hard drive and connect it to something else and remove a <laughs> file. And then I was able to, to get in. <laughs> so like, that was the level of security you had back then. So I get it. Like if your vision of computing was formed in the era when you'd, you know, literally have to put a disk in your computer to get a software update onto it, that there, I get it. I get it that it can seem like a violation that Apple can just force this merely by your computer being connected to the internet, you know, can force an update on you. But I totally get why Apple built that mechanism. And this is to me a completely appropriate use of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the fact that they've used it only for dire security patches and right. you know i've only used it twice in the last three twice, years twice in the entire existence of the feature i, mean, yeah. I don't even know yeah. i don't i don't even know how long it existed before they used it the first time in 2014 that's actually right. i don't even yeah so i i give apple a pass on that um there is the question of how in the world did this bug ever get past qa testing i think that's the big question really right and, and uh, I don't know. I, it's almost. I, I. I would love to hear the backstory of it. You know, I, I would love to know more about that, and I. I don't expect to hear that from no, Apple. I don't think we'll ever. <laughs> Somebody may leave. <laughs> I, I. But it's almost so. It's so preposterously stupid that I can kind of see how it. it you know, I, you know what I mean? Like, it seems it's more likely that something like this would slip through the cracks than something like, uh, you know, like the empty string getting you into a regular user account, you know, like the idea mm-hmm. that that root and an empty password would get you in is so ridiculous that I could see why it wasn't even like on a list of things to test for. You know what I mean? I suppose. It, it, yeah. And it wasn't. It, it was. I don't know. And and testing testing is hard. I mean, having right. done some testing in the past, it's hard to think of every single scenario. Um, however, this should have been one that they. Yeah, you would think of. so. Or or I I would I still think that the. I I think that the. I. I I think that the writing the bug in the first place was more of a crime, even though I'm very, very sympathetic to the fact that bugs are inevitable, you know, and, and I, I, I know how the, enough about how the sausage is made with making software that it, it, you know, bugs just happen. Uh, right. But when you're, uh, when you're writing code 
that affects login and can possibly affect logging in as an administrator. It's like you need to be like in, in a mental model where you're you're programming so defensively. It's not like programming other features. You know what I mean? Right. It's like it, right. you know. Uh, it's really the crux when you go of to, security. When you go to visit the doctor and and the doctor is, you know, putting a stethoscope on your back and telling you to breathe and, and, you know, shining a light inside your ears, you know, you expect them to be careful and be paying attention. But when you're having open heart surgery and they're like actually, you know, uh, performing surgery on your aortic valve, you expect a different level of concentration and precision, right? You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you, you want yeah. – good doctoring when you're in for an ear infection checkup. Uh, but, you know, writing, uh, changing something in the code, and this is obviously new because it only affected 10.13 High Sierra. It was not a bug in, you know, ten any previous version of Mac OS X, apparently. So it's new. So somebody run in and changed something or added something. Like, when you're in that section of the code... It just seems to me like you should be in heart surgeon mode in terms of your concentration and care and your is there any way that I'm that what I'm doing here that this if statement or this else statement are there any assumptions I'm making here that are bad assumptions? Yeah. Like I, I don't know. I just don't see how hey, check if you can log in as root with an empty password and to hit the button a couple <laughs> times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see how that would is a reasonable. I, I mean, I'm sure it's a reasonable be, test case. I'm sure it's added to the test cases now. <laughs> I just don't know. I really, I really just don't. I, I really yeah. do see how that was not caught by QA. I really do. Uh, it's the bug in the first place that to me seems so baffling. Yeah, I mean, I can see, I can see, I can see me doing it because, <laughs> like, I would think, I would think for five minutes, I'm going to change this little thing because it's going to make it so much easier to test this other thing, and then I would forget to go back and change the original, you know, the thing that I did to enable that test or right. whatever, or make you know, make a change or something like that. That was whenever you know, I did SQL stuff, and like that was, <laughs> I was famous for that. <laughs> oh, I forgot to change that thing. <laughs> Uh, I don't. But that do you, is why I do not. I don't do deep level. <laughs> that's also. It's why, well, it's why I don't program anymore. Really, it's also why I don't do deep level programming. Right. Uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I. I. You know. In some other universe, maybe I spent my career programming, but I don't. I don't think in any universe <laughs> was I allowed near the code that lets you log in <laughs> to a, a system with a hundred million users. <laughs> <laughs> backed by the, mo the most successful company in the world. Yeah, right, right. Who prides itself on its uh, secure <laughs> security. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean at least, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't iOS, which is, I think, uh, it limits... I mean, if we just look at it from a business perspective for Apple, um, I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to whitewash this book because I think it was really bad, but... Um, it didn't affect iOS, and so, you know, if you're a business and you're looking to purchase a bunch of iOS devices or something like that, you could probably still say, well, okay, I guess they didn't, you know, I don't care about the Mac as much because I'm mostly interested in these other things. So yeah, I doubt that, I just, I doubt that it's going to make that much of a difference in their business 
Yeah, I don't but, think there's any long term. I don't think there's any yeah. long term. I mean, but I would think you know, like if you if you are in a business and you were looking to buy a bunch of Macs, and you suddenly had to go up against some sort of committee and suggest buying them right now, I mean, you'd probably get asked some. Well, somebody at this point. The Mac is so big now. I mean, I, even you know, and, and the it, it the trend of you know corporate IT places opening themselves up to the Mac. I mean, didn't Walmart just wasn't Walmart just in the news for yeah, doing I think a big so. like yeah. they're doing pretty much the same thing IBM did, where if you work for the Walmart, you know, not like in the store, I guess, but you know, in the corporation, corporate. You, you get to pick now. You you know you come in and and they're like, well, what type yeah. of computer do you want? Do you want a ThinkPad or do you want a, a MacBook? You could just pick a MacBook, and they're officially supported, and they expect you know thousands, tens of thousands, even of of people to be doing it. The IBM thing is apparently a huge success, uh, and very popular, and and has employees very you know employees are very happy about it. Um, and and so since that's going on, and since that's an actual area of growth for the Mac, you got to and, and it's so common. You got to figure that every week of the year, there's somebody at some company who's petitioning higher, you know, f- to make a move like that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every week of every year, there's at least you know probably multiple cases of somebody who's going to stick their neck out and say, "I think that you know." I think we should, you know, allow people to. I think we should officially support the Mac in our IT environment. Well, imagine being the yeah. poor, the poor son of a bitch who was <laughs> doing it this week. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Just made a whole bunch of extra work for somebody, or screwed up, screwed up their business, their business case. Again, it really does seem like something out of a, like if Woody Allen made a movie for nerds. It really does seem like it, like. <laughs> Like two days ago, like you just put together this big proposal and send it up the chain that you you know your company should do the IBM thing, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden it hits Twitter that you can log into any Mac, any Mac on the planet with root empty string, and you're you're the root. Oh man, you're, you're like desperately trying to unsend an email. All right, let me take another break here and thank our uh, our good friends at Audible. Audible is a leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information. It's a bit of a mouthful, um, but basically, Audible is it's it's audio content. It's spoken word audio. Everybody knows they have Audible audio books. That's their their big claim to fame. Um, but they've got all sorts of stuff. They have uh, shows like. Uh, comedy shows, news shows, like daily news shows, uh, and, of course, the books from all sorts of uh, publishers, everything from novels to business books to the classics, uh, history, romance, mystery thriller, sci-fi, fantasy, uh, you name it. It's like going into a real bookstore, a big bookstore, where you have all sorts of sections, all sorts of areas, Um They've really just got it all. It's it's just, there's nothing else like it. Membership, if you sign up for Audible, includes one free audiobook a month, exclusive sales, and as a member, you will get 30% off all regularly priced audiobooks. Um, and they really do have an unmatched selection. They've got free apps 
Audible apps for iPhone, iPad, Android. Uh, you can download and listen on any iOS device. Uh, even if you, you could still make it work on an iPod, if you still have the old, the old fashioned iPod, if you just want to load it up with audio and go. Um, and you can access your books anytime, anywhere, right from your, smell, your smartphone. They also have what they call the great listen guarantee, where if you buy something and don't like it, you can swap it for something else. So you're not stuck if you thought this was going to be a good book. Uh, when I was younger, I, I used to finish every book I started. And then I realized how stupid that was. That if you're if you're really miserable <laughs> in a book, why in the world? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where this idea right. came from. Uh, <laughs> I spent. I don't you know. Gotta, I was like, you're like gonna around, slog through this painful experience. I, I, I was probably like school. My, it probably came from school, yeah, right? Because you had to finish the book for school. I was in my 30s before I gave that up, literally. And, and I remember that what it was. Yeah. As I was like in my 30s, and I was reading some book, and and I realized that I was halfway through this book for like the last two months. And I also have a thing where I don't like to start a second book until I finish the one I'm on. And I realized I, I, yeah. it was like I'm at an impasse where I'm either never going to read a book again for the rest of my life <laughs> or I'm going to finish this terrible book, which had hundreds of pages left, or I'm going to just throw this book in the garbage. And I decided to do that and change it. Well, anyway, with Audible, you don't have to do that. It's, it, hey, well, don't be stubborn. Just stop. But you don't have to feel like you wasted your money on it because they have the great listen guarantee. Uh Anyway, it's so great. It's a great service. And I've always said it. There are, in my opinion, the ideal sponsor for a podcast because the only people who are hearing me talk about Audible are people who, by definition, are already into spoken word audio content. So if you feel like you don't have enough, if you don't have enough stuff to listen to, if you've got a long commute, if you just like listening to spoken word stuff while you're doing chores and stuff like that, Audible is something you really ought to check out. They're offering listeners of this show a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash talk show and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash talk show and get started today. Um, they also do a thing where they, they ask if you want to recommend a book. Um, I would like to, uh, to recommend a book that I'm about halfway through, but really, really, um, really, really enjoying. They've got the unabridged version on Audible. And it's a book by a guy named Tom Nichols, who's a professor at the U.S. War College. Um, and he's written a book called D The Death of Expertise. And it's more or less oh, yeah, about... Yeah, yeah, It is... Uh, That's just been on my wish list for a long time, actually. It's, it's really good and really satisfying, but I feel, <laughs> I feel like maybe I, I, the people who want to read this book aren't the people <laughs> who need to read this book. <laughs> of course. Uh, but it's more or less an entire book addressing... Uh, the, the notion that, uh, you know, somebody who believes, and a lot of people in America do, that their opinion is as good as your facts in an argument mm -hmm. over the facts. Uh, and dismissing experts' opinion as mere opinion when it's right. an, an adept. A bunch of eggheads. Yeah, exactly. In fact, that yeah. word is used several times in the book. Uh, I gave the uh, the audio book. I'm reading the book on on a Kindle, but they have the audio book at Audible, and it sounds really good. I listened to the preview, and it it sounds terrific. So that's my recommendation. I, and I feel like people who like this show would absolutely love this book. You're going to listen to it, and you're going to be like nodding your head the whole time, like yes, 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 yes. So anyway, that's my recommendation: The Death of Expertise by Tom Nichols, N I C H O L S. 
Uh, anything else on the root login bug? I mean, it, it's one of the things that's interesting about it is it's just so simple, right? It's like it's like okay, it was a terrible bug. Now it's over. But yeah, it's it's a quick cycle too, though. Like it came out Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, and here it is Thursday afternoon, and it's basically it's it's well over now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess I'm, I don't know if I'm a very good podcast host. I do things out of order. I do have some follow-up <laughs> from previous episodes. <laughs> I mentioned an app. Uh, I forget if it was last week or when, um, uh, but it was an app that I knew that I'd, I'd heard about from Jason Snell. And it was a thing for the Mac that would let you control your bandwidth uh, usage. Like, so for example, if you're tethering from your phone and your phone has, you know, let's say only five gigabytes a month of bandwidth, you don't want your Mac to use it all up because the Mac, you know, sort of assumes that when it has a Wi-Fi connection, it can just do whatever it wants. That app is called trip mode. Uh, I will put a link in the show notes to it. Uh, it's pretty interesting. I've since installed it. It still is kind of uh, hard. Like I still feel like even with trip mode, the Mac is just make certain assumptions that iOS doesn't. So like when you're on a, a slurping bandwidth from, you know, something that's limited, iOS is better in so many ways. Like uh, I was using trip mode just to try it out. And like, I checked email, I swear to God. And it tells you how much app, how much, uh, you know, has a really nice interface. It's like one of those little menu bar apps and it'll tell you when you turn it on, uh, it's very easy. You'd open it up and typically it's off. And then when you need it, you just go to the menu, uh, turn it on. And then while you're turning it on, you can limit which apps you get bandwidth at all. And it tells you how much they use. I checked the email once and it used 35 megabytes. <laughs> but I think that I guess what I should do if I really want, you know, was going to be a, a, a limiting my bandwidth on my Mac extensively as I you go into mail and turn off the preference to download attachments and, and images and stuff like that, I, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, but iOS does that automatically when you're on cellular, or at least it does for me, at least the preference is on by default for me where image, you know, you have to hit a little button at the top of the email that says load all images before the images load. Um, uh, but anyway, that's the name of the app. I will put it in the show notes, Trip yeah. Mode. Uh, the other one, when I was on with Serenity a couple of episodes ago, um, I was talking about this weird bug that I ran into where I used the uh, mail VIPs feature. Like, the, the, so that you, you use that feature, I love it, where you, you can set, like, yes. set somebody as a VIP and then set custom notification settings just for VIPs. So the way right. I get email notifications is I have them off by default, but on for anybody who's in my VIP list. And I ran into a bug, or not a bug, but a weird, bizarre limitation where once you get to 100, it won't let you add anymore. Uh, hmm. And the first issue, and I did follow up on a subsequent show, was how do you edit your list of VIPs? And you can do that. I couldn't figure it out. But on the Mac in mail, you go to the VIPs mailbox, and there's a, uh, a disclosure triangle next on, on the mailbox, and it lists all of your VIPs. And so you could just see your emails from one of your VIPs in there. Well, what you could also do is delete somebody from that list in that in there, and then that's takes in them there. out of your VIPs. Uh, and then on you, iOS, you have almost you have almost a hundred. I I, I, re I had exactly a hundred because it told me it wouldn't let me add yeah, anymore. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. And you know some of them I build like, up over time. I have like eight. 
<laughs> no, well, here's an example. So, for example, whenever I have an interaction with somebody from Apple uh, PR, I add them as a VIP. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And there's not a lot of turnover at Apple v- PR, but there is some. You know, it's it's a good. You know, it's a launching pad, and and you know, there's people who have left Apple PR to go to places like Tesla and and you know other companies. Um, and so there's some of the, you know, a lot of, you know, I have years worth of Apple PR people in my VIPs, uh, some of whom no longer work at Apple. And so I would no longer consider a VIP. So you can go in there and do it on iOS. You can edit yeah. your VIPs by hitting the little I in a circle button. Anyway, I said that before the new bit of information I've gotten from somebody who I didn't note their name. And so I <laughs> apologize and I can't give you credit, <laughs> but that limit of a hundred is only on the Mac version of mail. So on the Mac, if you try to add your 101st VIP, it just gives you an error that says, sorry, you've got a hundred, you know, you can't add anymore, but on iOS, there is no limit. So if you want to add more than a hundred VIPs, just do it on your iPhone or iPad. And hopefully somebody at Apple is listening to this and is going to go into mail and edit that yeah. hundred to like, you know, make it a thousand or something. I don't know. Or just get rid of the limit. Why, why have a limit on how many? VIPs I know. I don't understand can? why there would be a limit. Yeah. I don't know. And it's it, the fact that it's exactly a hundred, you know, as opposed to like 256 or something like that, uh, you know, like some kind of, or 255, you know, like some kind of magic computer integer. The fact that it's a hundred just tells me it was just arbitrary that, you know, Somebody coding yeah. the feature was like, I better make sure that this works with a big number of these first. So in the meantime, I'll put in a limit of 100, you know, to make sure and then never got back to actually taking out the limit. Yeah, I don't use it for mail very much, um, but I mostly I use it for um, the, the phone to make sure that I like so I, overnight I can turn off notifications for everybody other than my VIPs, ah. which is why my list is, is very small. Right. Um, it's, right. it's basically so, um, you know, I don't get uh, texts from Guy uh, <laughs> at two in the morning, <laughs> and I don't get texts from, from Dan at, <laughs> at six in the morning. <laughs> uh, uh, that's it for my follow-up. Uh, app the Human Story is out. This is a long in the works documentary, uh, about, uh, God, I don't even know when they first started shooting it. Um, at least three or four years ago, but it's finally out in final version. Uh, I have a link already in the show notes, but it's at appdocumentary.com. I saw a rough cut or near final cut at, it was at WWDC back in June. Um, I actually haven't watched again. Uh, so I don't know what's changed from the WWDC version of it, but it was very, very good. I, I love that this movie exists. Uh, uh, I have a small part in it. I'm glad that my part in it is small. I love the people who have the bigger parts in it. I feel like they chose some really interesting people, including my good friend, our good friend, Brent Simmons plays a pretty significant role in it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I really recommend it. I really hope the fact... So it, it was a Kickstarter project where they raised like $167,000 to make the movie. For a movie that's four years in the work and uh, in the works and that it's is, is truly as professionally shot and edited as mm-hmm. this movie. And it, it's, it's truly a, a, as good-looking a documentary as you're going to find. It's truly a professional-looking movie. $167,000 is not a lot of money. Yeah, it looks great. The that, trailer looks great. That's all I've seen so far. Yeah, just honestly, if you haven't seen it so far, just <laughs> yeah, look at the trailer. I mean, it's... Lonely Sandwich. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, he's the executive producer on the movie. Um, oh, well, that, <laughs> well, that's unfair. What was that? What are they saying? I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> I know what I wanted to say is that I first got introduced to them. Uh, this is a true story. It was a couple of years ago at WWDC, and uh, they were just beginning to make the movie, and they wanted to uh, get like a half-hour interview with me on on video while I was at WWDC. And uh, it was Adam Lisagor, uh, a.k.a. Lonely Sandwich on Twitter, who, uh, a.k.a. the guy behind the sandwich videos, um, friend of the show, you know, the, the guy who got Ryan Star Wars, uh, The Last Jedi director Ryan Johnson on this show just a couple years ago to talk about his movie Looper. Uh, yeah, when are you going to do something like that for me, Maltz? Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dear. I'll do it so this I would, afternoon. I would say, dear, dear friend of the show, Adam Lisagor, uh, it said to me, hey, these two guys, I know these two guys, they're going to make this documentary. I think their idea is great. They want to make an idea about the, the app community, the Apple developer community, the indie community. Uh, they want to talk to you. you know? And I said, well, you know what? We could maybe do it on Tuesday um, at mezzanine where i have the live episode of the talk show you know in the afternoon while i'm you know rather than just sit there and be nervous about the talk show i could i could give them a half hour back you know with me backstage um and of course i forgot about it <laughs> i said yeah just send them over <laughs> i completely forgot about it and then it's like tuesday and i'm there and they 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 come by and i'm like oh yeah i forgot about that uh you know what, can we do this another day? Um, <laughs> and they're like, sure. You know, and they're like, you know, they were like going to be there all week. Um, and I swear, this is a, have I ever told you this story? No. Uh, so the only thing we had arranged for the show was, and, and I think this is the, you know, was to record the audio, you know, that there'd be a live show with, you know, I don't know, three, 400 people, at the event, but then the only thing that everybody else would get would be the audio. And I, but they showed up with all these cameras and stuff to, 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 to record me. And I said, well, what, how, what, what if, what if I paid you guys to, to video the show and then we could have a video of the show? And they're like, we could do that. We would like to do that. And I was like, you sure? Cause I, I'm putting this to you like 90 minutes before, before the show starts. Uh, and, and my wife is there with me and she's like, John, you cannot ask these guys to do this. And I'm like, well, <laughs> if they want to do it and they're like, no, no, we want to do it. And, and so they shot it they, and it was turned out terrific. Uh, and they shot the crowd at lining up outside the doors and they edited the whole thing together. So whatever, I don't, whatever year it was that they're the first ever video of the live talk show from WWDC, was uh, the year that this <laughs> this happened, and I got them to do it after meeting them ninety minutes <laughs> before the show. <laughs> and the, was that the first time Schiller was on? I think I think it might be, or I think or, it might have been, or was it the year that the ATP guys were on? You should know this. <laughs> well, I I should remember, but I don't. I remember the first time Schiller was on the show, and I remember the time that the ATP guys were on the show, but I don't remember if it Which was. Which year? Yeah. It was probably, then it was probably the other way. It was probably the other way around. ATP was probably first, right? Yeah, I don't ATP think was you've... first. ATP was the last yeah. episode, bef the last live show before um, 
the one with Schiller. Yeah. Is there a video? There might be a video. No, there is no video. So I believe it was the episode with Schiller. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, oh, no. A video of the event is now available. So, no, it was the ATP one in 2014. Yeah, I will put a link to that in the show notes. <laughs> so the first one with video was the year before uh, Phil Schiller's surprise uh, appearance. Uh, I will send a link to you as well. But anyway, that's the story. It was the, these guys. That's how long the movie's been in the works, where they started yeah. shooting the footage in June 2014. Uh, they assembled a, a bunch of the interviews from the movie come from that June 2014. And here we are in, uh, by the time most of you listen to this, December of 2017, and the movie is finally done. But anyway, uh, Jake and Jed are both great guys. Jake has continued to spearhead the live video of the talk show uh, ever since. He's, he's, you know, including this year's at the uh, California Theater in San Jose. And he, you know, continues. He does a better job every time. So I consider him a friend. He does terrific work. But I'm not telling you to go spend 15 bucks at Vimeo on this movie just because he's my friend and he does the live talk show. I'm saying that he does the live talk show because he's so good and talented. And this right. movie is it, the biggest thing he's ever done. Well, and it really and is also seen, you know, like if you, if you listen to this show, this is something that you're going to be interested in. Yep. And the fact that it costs, you know, if you're a Kickstarter backer, you get it for free. I mean, it, you're yeah. already in. And if you're not, uh, it's he's using Vimeo's on-demand service, and you could get it for fifteen bucks. And I realize that there's some people out there who don't like to uh, sp spend money on video. That you you know you like to use the Netflix, you like to pick up videos that fall off trucks uh, and stuff like that. <laughs> and I'm telling you, if there's a movie where you where your fifteen dollars is really going to go to somebody who it deserves it, this is it. You know, what I mean, like if you're reluctant in general to spend fifteen bucks on you know a 90 minute uh, documentary or something or any kind of movie. Um, but you're thinking, Hmm, maybe I'm telling you, this is the one because it's, it's going to go, you know, most of it's going to go to, to the team that made the movie uh, mm -hmm. and they could use it. You know, I don't think that the Kickstarter funds uh, covered the production of the movie. And if you've, if you've watched a, a video of the talk show live, you already owe these guys like a buck 50. Yeah, exactly. I, I would say that's actually so. true. So, if, you know, you probably only owe them like nine bucks. So go go cough up the 15 <laughs> bucks. I'm telling you, it is well worth it. I th the Vimeo on demand thing is pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool that an, you know, an independent production like this can... Uh, you know, yeah, can you don't hear much about... I mean, Vimeo is not as big a name as other... Uh, tech or you know whatever you want to call them um, media sites that came out around the same time, right? Uh, and maybe maybe it's been around longer than Twitter. I guess it probably has, but it um, it's still chugging along and seems to be doing well. Well, I think the and better always, comparison always the better comparison is better than YouTube. like YouTube. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of articles coming. I, mean, like, I don't know if you've read some of these articles about. Um, these things that are aimed at kids. Oh, oh, it's oh. unbelievable. Uh, it's sick, right? Yeah. Uh, how would you even start to describe it? Well, some of it's just like, 
it's algorithmically generated. Well, I, I think is by accident or I mean, is weird by accident. It, but then there's a lot of stuff that's just that's just downright gross. Well, and it starts but with, is not but doesn't but doesn't catch the attention of like their um, their filtering system. It starts process. it starts with the fact that YouTube is very popular with like toddlers. Uh, you could you know take any tablet you want and set up set a toddler in front of it with with YouTube, and <laughs> they can watch they can watch video forever. Right, and uh, so it's very popular. It is uh, for a lot of people, most people, many people, certainly many 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 millions gazillions of people around the world. It has replaced the the idea of broadcast TV as something you know. That even if you're being a responsible parent and saying, oh, I'll let them watch video and, and really put a time limit on it and say, you know, here's, you know, you can have an hour of TV or 90 minutes of, of TV, that TV now means a tablet and the tablet is probably running like YouTube or, you know, well, YouTube or Netflix. I don't know. Um, but stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's super popular. And so there's money to be made. Uh, from the ads and like you said it's it's like where there's money to be made algor- you know people and, and algorithms that are determining what is being shown next there are going to be people who try to exploit the algorithm and they're doing it with like the weirdest videos and not weird like they're showing inappropriate stuff per se but just stuff that is like mind numbing right like right yeah uh, you know that you you worry it's like sort of like an infinite jest scenario you know where where like oh my god if your kid watches 10 minutes of this it's gonna their brain's gonna turn to mashed potatoes yeah i mean that's not that's not exactly the the banana splits (laughs) we had the banana splits but the banana splits was only on for like 20 minutes or something right Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> You're right, and the fact that it's infinite is is I don't know. It's worrisome. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, there's a link. Somebody yeah. there was a, a good post on Medium that delineated a whole bunch of this stuff. Uh, right, and yeah. it's just weird, weird stuff. There was like, and some of the stuff that's not weird. Some of the stuff that's like, wow, they're really putting money into it. Did you? Did Hank when he was younger? Did he watch the Wiggles? No. Did you ever hear of the Wiggles? No, he never watched the Wiggles. I've heard of the Wiggles. Yes. Uh, there's like a new YouTube it's like only a musical. Yeah. Thing, it was right? like a, it was like a show with these four guys and, and, uh, Jonas watched it somewhat. I mean, it, you know, it, they sort of had like Star Trek old fashioned Star Trek jerseys on where the one guy always wore yeah, a right. red, red shirt, a blue shirt, a yellow shirt and a purple shirt. And like the purple shirt guy had like narcolepsy. Um, <laughs> I, I swear, I swear to God, the the the, the 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 it was like an Australian show, but they called the Wiggles, and these four guys lived in a clubhouse, and the the guy who wore a purple shirt would just fall fall asleep at random time. It was like the running gag every episode is he he could just he would just fall asleep at a moment's notice, and that was treated as as humorous. I think yeah, right. it is humorous, actually. You know, if you're going to have, you know, I, I'm sure there's somebody out there listening who might suffer from narcolepsy, and I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of you, but it was funny on the show. Anyway, they'd always break into song, and they and they uh, were fabulously popular. And then they would tour. We didn't. Jonas was an yeah, they toured. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, but they tour. I remember a friend. A friend was like tweeting it, like I'm at the Wiggles show. Yeah, but they <laughs> like would get kids. But I, I, I don't know if they still tour. But they, at least when Jonas was younger, they played like the big eighteen thousand seat 
arenas. You know what I mean? Like uh, the you know, yeah. like one week it's Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, it was, it was think it was the t- Tacoma Dome here, which right. is not small. <laughs> like one week it's Springsteen, and the next week it's the Wiggles. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, there's like a, a YouTube only Wiggles. I'm not going to call it a ripoff, but it's like obviously the same sort of premise where there's like a regular cast and they sing a bunch of you know silly, easily understood by toddler songs and stuff like that. Uh, here, let me do. I got one last uh, sponsor to thank, um, and it's it's a very near and dear friend of the show, Casper. Casper is the sleep brand that continues to revolutionize their line of products to create exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. Uh, uh, look, we've got Casper mattresses here at the house. They're very, very popular with the family. They're really great products. Um, and they're so easy to buy. You just go to their website and you pick the one you want and the size you want. And it shows up in a, uh, I forget what they call it, but it's like a too good to be true box. Like you just cannot believe that there's a mattress in this box. Like it's heavy enough that you think that that could be a mattress, but it's it's remarkable how small the box is. It's because they 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 use the, the mattresses are made out of some kind of magical foam type stuff. So you take the box, you take it to the bedroom where you're going to use it, and you follow the instructions on the box, and then it sucks all the air out of the room. So you got to be careful because it'll suck all the air out, and it fills the mattress with air, and then it just grows from this thing. You're like, what have I done? You buy this thing, and you're like, what have I done? This cannot possibly be a mattress. And then... It's a good use for the soda stream canisters. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then... It sucks all the air out of the room and fills it fills the mattress with the air in inside the foam and then all of a sudden you've got a mattress um uh they've got they used to only have one kind uh and it's the original casper mattress that's the one we have in the house it's a terrific mattress uh really really great um uh and they're designed and made right here in the United States of America. They've they've literally got a team uh, of... It's not like a white-label thing where Casper is buying these foam mattresses from some you know no-name company elsewhere in the world and putting a Casper sticker on it. They literally have like an engineering and design team making mattresses. I mean, it's, it's they're very serious about this. Uh, and they do it right here in the United States. They've got over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars across their own website, Amazon, and Google. And... Uh, as they say it, they're fast becoming the internet's favorite mattress. Uh, uh, so here's what you got to do if you want to get one of these mattresses. You can start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper, and you'll get 50 bucks toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash the talk show. And use that same code from the URL, the talk show, at checkout, and you'll get that $50 discount that's casper.com slash the talk show and code the talk show with the the um i'm glad they used the the because i paid good money for that to get 50 (laughs) bucks towards any mattress terms and conditions apply i don't know what the terms and conditions are but there are terms and conditions apply uh to that deal and so my thanks to casper uh Really, it's a great product. I really recommend it. And I always want to emphasize this. If you're at the least bit reluctant to buy a mattress without actually trying it over the web, that they have like a 100-day guaranteed thing where like you get like three months with it. And if you don't like it, you just go to the website, click a couple buttons, and they send people to your house to just take it away and give you all your money back. So you really can't lose. 
Can't lose. My thanks to Casper. All right, we got to wrap up. This is the we're we're coming down the home yeah. stretch here. What else is there on you, the on the agenda this week? Do you want to talk about the guy who deleted Trump's account? Or <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm glad that he got his time in the spotlight. Uh, but it's it yeah. wasn't that interesting. I think it's, story. I think it's kind of risky of him to come out and a little bit talk I, to I, people. I guess you know? though, because he's now living in Germany, it's probably not. I don't really. Oh, think... okay. I didn't notice that part. No, okay. he, he's. Yeah. Uh, then that's that's better. Yeah, because <laughs> I think a lot of people here would probably you know <laughs> yeah. we have some we've got we've got some nutcases here. Yeah, and and who like to do nutty things, uh, right? Uh, people are nuts on both sides, though. Ben Thompson, friend of the show, uh, had a piece this week on his trajectory. Did you see with about yeah. the uh, net neutrality? And the gist of mm-hmm. his piece, I thought, was very persuasive. And it's it's not that net neutrality is a bad idea. And, and as he said, almost nobody is opposed to the precepts of net neutrality. The argument is whether the best way to enforce it here in the United States is specifically through this uh, Title II designation for these companies. It, 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 you know, basically, is the exact way that the Obama administration had the FCC uh, change some regulations the best way to do it? And he, Ben made mm-hmm. a case that no, it's not. You know that the you know more or less that you're you're regulating about a bunch of what bad things that could happen as opposed to issuing regulations after actual bad things happen to to solve them it, it, you may disagree uh, yeah i found it persuasive it it made me think about changing my mind on this and anyway i do think it's important i think it's i think it's worthwhile to separate the concepts of net neutrality the advantages of it why it's important from the specific regulations that they're not the same thing that you can be in favor of net neutrality but opposed to these specific regulations anyway it was all very reasonable as you might expect from ben who's a very reasonable person yeah he sent me a, showed me a bunch of the tweets he was getting because <laughs> eventually what happened was ajit pai the <laughs> fcc uh commissioner retweeted ben's story uh, oh no <laughs> Oh my God, John! I, I I mean honestly, and you know that I've I've gotten caught up in in some of this uh, truly widespread political stuff because there's an economist at MIT who's considered the architect oh, right. of Obamacare. His name is Jonathan Gruber. He's widely considered, and and talk about the death of expertise. He's gen, you know, yeah. he, by all accounts, he's an expert on healthcare legislation around the world. Yeah. And helped set up the very successful decade-long uh, Romney Care program in Massachusetts. That was the foundation for Obamacare. Um, but his name is Jonathan Gruber. He does not, by all, from what I've seen, have a Twitter presence. So a lot of people, <laughs> whenever he's in the news, assume mm-hmm. that uh, his Twitter account might be at Gruber. Especially since if you check out at Gruber, it's somebody named John Gruber. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And these people are not really necessarily right. the kinds that are going to go and right. do a lot of work and figure out if something is correct in the first place. Right. Uh, so I've gotten caught up in that and I've gotten a lot of hateful stuff in my Twitter replies from people who assume that I might be that John, Jonathan Gruber. I, you know, my, you know, J-O-H-N. Nobody who's a J-O, as you well know, nobody who's a J-O-H-N is a Jonathan. I mean, come on. Yeah. Right. You might be a Jonathan and go by John, but then you, you're one of the goofy J-O-Ns. You're J-O-N. Right, which is, right, let's right. face it, goofy. 
I mean, you know, there's they're good a lesser, people. You're a lesser John. You're a lesser John. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I think we can all agree on that. I think even the Johns, the Jons, agree that 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 they're the lesser Johns. <laughs> I bet they don't. But okay, <laughs> let's just say that they do. Uh, you know, but I, yeah. I, I I never got tweets like what Ben got this week from this. I, yeah. I mean, just the violent. Yeah. You know, I hope you die. I, I hope you. You know. I hope you die slowly. And ha- I mean, it's just crazy stuff. I mean, who the hell would write something like that over a, a reason, you know, a <laughs> questioning the regulatory structure of net neutrality and it yeah. led to people saying, I hope you die. Right. Very strange stuff. The only time I've never had it. I don't think I've ever had anybody threaten to kill me. <laughs> I have online. not. I, the only thing I remember is sometime like years ago when I wrote a crazy Apple rumor, it was like, it was when Gore got elected to the um, Apple board um, and I and, with, yeah. and Bush was president, yeah. and I just wrote a stupid story saying that uh, Bush demanded a recount of Gore's <laughs> Apple board election, which is you know it's mildly amusing at best. Um, and some guy sent me some guy you know sent me an email. We got into this back and forth, and he threatened to punch me in the face. That was. That was the <laughs> You know what? Some I'm Bush funny. supporter. And you think, I'll bet at the time, you were like, wow, this guy, this is nuts. And you probably showed it to your wife, and you're like, this is nuts, right? This yeah. is nuts. And now yeah. in hindsight, you think, well, that was reasonable political discourse. <laughs> right, compared to things now. Remember the good old days. <laughs> right. That was that was a charming exchange we had. Yeah, two, such witty, witty repartee. Two fellow citizens could... <laughs> could have a reasonable <laughs> discussion over. and a threat to punch the other one in the face. That's all. <laughs> Those really were the good old days. Oh, well, sure thank were. you, John, with an H. Uh, <laughs> as always, thank you, John, with an H. For appearing on the show. Uh, everybody can enjoy your work. Uh, well, you got podcasts. What do you want to What do you want to pitch? I, You've got uh, uh, turning this car around podcast with a lesser John and um, and this other guy, and uh, and then um, the rebound with uh, Dan Warren and uh, the same other guy. Yeah, so that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. There's yeah. still money in podcasting. Oh yeah, there's well. no money. There's no money in blogging anymore. You took it all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my thanks also to our three sponsors of this episode, Squarespace, Audible, and Casper. Uh, my thanks to them. John, uh, as always, it was a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>